Welcome to this podcast featuring well-known Bible teacher, Kevin Connor. For more information, visit kevinconnor.org. Okay, let's uh, turn our Bibles tonight to the king that we're going to be looking at. Uh, We'll go to 1 Kings chapter 15. And um, if you want to put down on your notes the king we're going to be looking at and the scripture here, you'll see in a moment here. Everybody got this outline? Okay, uh, the scriptures I want to give you for, for your ca- uh, character study tonight is the king's name is Asa, A-S-A. The interpretation of his name is interesting in the light of what we uh, will be commenting here in a moment. It means physician, one of the interpretations of his name. Yes, so Asa, A-S-A, is the king's name that we're looking at. The interpretation of his name is physician. And above there in one of the corners, you can put the chapters that uh, deal with his uh, life story. 1 Kings chapter 15. 1 Kings 15, verses 9 through to 24. 1 Kings 15, 9 through to 24. And then uh, 2 Chronicles Chapter 14, 15, and 16, three chapters. So I'll just say that again. So 1 Kings 15, verses 9 to 24, and then 2 Chronicles, chapters 14, 15, and 16. So much in these uh, character studies of the kings. All right, now we'll look at uh, 1 Kings 15 and read some of these verses here. All right, so 1 Kings 15 and verse 9. And in the 20th year of Jeroboam, king of Israel, reigned Asa over Judah. And 40 and one years reigned he in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Maacah, the daughter of Abishalom. Uh, I will want the chalkboard. I suddenly, I mean the whiteboard. Thank you. Suddenly realized. And Asa did that which was right in the eyes of the Lord, as did David his father. All right, you've got some fill in there. Um, Remember, uh, under number four here, remember in our previous studies we've been saying all the kings in Israel and Judah were judged by two standard men. Who was the first one? Yes, as David. They were either as David or as Jeroboam. This uh, king is as, as David. David, yes, we just read it. Okay. Asa did that which was right in the eyes of the Lord, as did David his father. So every godly king... Uh, every king is judged by David as a godly king and every other bad king, evil king, is judged by Jeroboam. So this king is a good king and he's uh, uh, as uh, is David. So you can just put yes there. And he took away the Sodomites out of the land and removed all the idols that his father, fathers had made and also Maka, his mother, even her he removed from being queen because she had made an idol in the grove. And Asa destroyed her idol and burned it by the brook Kidron. But the high places were not removed. Nevertheless, Asa's heart was perfect with the Lord all his days. Thank you. All right, now let's just uh, pick up what we're doing tonight. And uh, how many would like us to continue the third, uh, fourth term on this? I mean, we haven't got too far, but I was think we might continue the fourth term on the Kings. All right, just take this down. Just uh, give us a little bit of an idea where we are tonight. All right, under, under the first three kings, Saul, David, and Solomon, Saul of the tribe of Benjamin, 
David of the tribe of Judah, Solomon of the tribe of Judah. Under the, these first three kings, we have a united kingdom, the UK, the United Kingdom. Uh, and each of them reigned 40 years each, 120 years altogether. Then after the death of Solomon, we have a divided kingdom now. So uh, that's what we've got here, divided kingdom. And the kingdom is divided to Rehoboam, who is Solomon's son, and to Jeroboam, who was Solomon's servant. So now we've looked at, uh, done a little bit of study on Saul, David, and Solomon between uh, Mark and myself. But uh, Rehoboam is the first king over here. And then Abijam, we're jumping a couple, of, uh, just uh, because this is our last one for this term, to uh, Asa. Over on the other part here, we have Jeroboam, then Nadab and, and Basha, and you've got your chart of your kings there. Now, just briefly here, once the nation was divided, we have two houses or two kingdoms, and this is where many Bible expositors don't... Uh, sort of understand this, we have the house of Judah or the kingdom of Judah and its capital was Jerusalem and then we have the house of Israel uh, and its capital was Samaria. So in the house of Judah or the kingdom of Judah we have three tribes, Judah, Benjamin and Levi because the temple was at Jerusalem and the Levites, their ministry centered around the temple. And then in Israel we have ten tribes so once the nation was split and by the way there's no record that uh, Judah and Israel have ever been United Nations since. So United Nation, United Kingdom for 120 years, then the division after that. Now we're going from uh, Solomon way down to Asa, just for our one tonight, but we'll pick up these kings in the, in the um, fourth term here. Now what I'd like you to do, just to help us, because there's so much on these kings and uh, always a challenge in my own heart, I'd like you just to sort of draw my little famous line here uh, and we'll have an overview of his life and then as we move through the outline I've given you, I'll tell you what I want you to uh, put in there. Alright, here's just sort of a, a timeline as God gives every one of us time. And uh, Asa's life is divided, first of all, into a period of 10 years. We'll see then. You'd have to read those chapters. We haven't got that type of time to read all the chapters. And then we have the uh, 25 years. He actually, we are told that he reigned 41 years in Jerusalem. So Asa reigned 41 years altogether. 41 years. That's the period of his reign. Then we've got another 25 years here. And then something we're going to see in the 36 years, so 36, 37, 38 in these years, 39, things went bad, and then 40, and 41 is 41st year. Uh, we have good things right through here, as we'll see, but something happens in this period of time, and uh, the Bible says when he became, in his old age, something happened. Two tragic things. And... Uh, Maybe, maybe it's because I'm getting old all the time, but as I've studied these kings over the years, one of the things that uh, I've asked the Lord to help me, you know, that many of these, or not many of them, but a number of the kings started off real well as godly kings, but then over the years, when they got into their old age, something happened, something twisted in them. And I've just prayed over the years, Lord, as I get older, may I not go sour and get bitter and get an old, bitter old man. Everybody said, Amen. Is that for me or for you or for, or for all of us? For all of us, yes. All right, okay, so let's fill in some of your sheet here. Time just so moves. So the king's name is Asa. Its interpretation is physician. 
Uh, three, he's over the house of Judah. So number three, you would just put over the house of Judah. And then number four, he is as David. Number five, the length of his reign is 41 years. And his age at his beginning, uh, let's see, uh, I forget if I've got his age or not. I think his age may be there, but just uh, don't worry about that. Okay, number seven, a little point here. What is the ancestral background? I've really given you it up here. He's, uh, he is actually the great-grandson of Solomon here, this little diagram I've given you. So he's the great-grandson of Solomon. So through this line, Rehoboam, uh, who's the son of Solomon, then Abijam, uh, son of Rehoboam, Asa, the son of Abijam. So that was his uh, background there. Now, you can put in that little part there, he had a wicked mum and dad. His father and mother were both idolatrous. So though he had bad parents, and that's a very good lesson, though he had bad parents, he still turned out after the Lord. So he couldn't blame his parents and say, well, I just went the way I did. It's my parents' fault. He couldn't pass the buck. His mum and dad were both bad, idolatrous. They were evil parents, and yet he came good. So how many remember the series we did on breaking the generations? So you can have a good generation, bad generation, or a bad generation, good generation. So his heart was towards the Lord. All right, now number eight, what character traits does the person reveal? And I'm going to go to the positive side first on the good qualities and deeds. Now, I've just put them in outline form here, so I'll just give you because of time. That's all we can do on a lot of things. All right, number one, we're told that he did write in the eyes of the Lord. So, verse 11 of 1 Kings 15, he did that which was right in the eyes of the Lord. And uh, that's a very important thing because the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. God sees this when nobody else does. So he did right in the eyes of the Lord. You know, and it's, it's, it's easy to do what's right in the eyes of somebody else. And uh, we don't think God's watching us, but God sees. So he did right in the eyes of the Lord. Very good thing. All right, number two, and this is a very interesting thing, I think. And boy, how many think it would be applicable today? In verse 12 of that chapter, he took away the sodomites out of the land. And uh, we've had cause to mention this before that all the world basically will be, you know, identified with some city. Revelation chapter 3, you can put verse 12, Revelation 3 verse 12, it says, To him that overcomes, will I give, no, to him that overcomes, I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem. But then it's interesting that uh, the, the bride of Christ, when John sees the bride city, he says, I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, descending from heaven, uh, out of heaven, like a bride. So the church, the bride of Christ, is going to be identified with the holy city, New Jerusalem. But see, people who are, the New King James, those, it says, he banished the perverted persons, people who uh, sell themselves out to sodomy, homosexuality, the modern name for it, uh, they will be named after a city too, Sodomites. And see, people would take on the name of the city, and how do they get the name of the city? By the nature and the character of the lifestyle they live. So if that's the lifestyle they live, they're going to get the name of the city. And uh, I'd rather have the name of Jerusalem on me, wouldn't you, than have the name of Sodom on me, because we know what happened to Sodom. Fire and brimstone. So unless people repent 
of the evil of that sin and as I said just being in Tasmania a while back and just uh, being on the 60 minute uh, session there and that thing for two hours and seeing the sodomites yelling and screaming and abusing just uh, unbelievable there because the TV never gives a true report do they but that, that's a brave man how many think that would be great if our Prime Minister would deal with the sodomites it's the only disease that's protected today while it costs us billions of dollars in our tax thank you Kevin that's an excellent point <laughs> alright number two so he removed the sodomites out of the land the, uh, um, one of the translations says those or the margin here says those practicing sodomy and prostitution in religious rituals alright number three on the good side here he removed all the idols that his fathers had made. So getting rid of the altars, in fact, the Chronicles record says that he, he broke down the altars of the strange God. So he got rid of immorality and got rid of idolatry. And those things are always linked, idolatry and immorality. He got rid of both of them. That's a brave man who can do that. All right. So number one, he did right in the eyes of the Lord. Number two, he took the Sodomites out of the land. And uh, here we're passing laws and legalizing Sodom in our, in our land. As I said in New Zealand, in Tasmania, I said, I don't care if it is legal, it's not Bible. And we'll go by what, what's Bible, not by what's legal. Amen? If the legal contradicts to the Bible, we're going to stick with the Bible. We all said, Amen. All right? And he took the idols, uh, all the idols his fathers made. Number four here, and this is a brave man to do that, he removed his queen mother from her position because she had an idol in a grove. Removed his queen mother. Now, how, how, how would you respond to that? The Bible says, honor your father and your mother. Is that honoring your mother? How, how do you handle that scripture? What's that? Yes, we honor God first. See, so in verse 13, and also Maaka, his mother, even her, he removed from being queen because she had made an idol in a grove. In fact, the New King James says, because she had made an obscene image of Asherah. And Asa cut down her obscene image and burned it by the brook Kidron. That's interesting because centuries later, Jesus was going to go through Gethsemane over the brook Kidron. So here... And that's, that's a brave, brave son that can get rid of his mother from being queen. I mean, you just put yourself in the position. Sorry, mum, you can't be queen any longer. You've got an idle grove out there. That's evil. I'm going to break it down. I'm going to put you out of your position. She could have said, listen, I'm here. I'm your mum. Use the middle or split. And he'd splat, you know, and, you know, the queen. So that's a brave man who can do that. Good point, don't you think? Try it with your mother sometime. <laughs> uh, here's possibly a negative, but this was in most of the kings, and this is purely an outline tonight. In verse 14, but the high places were not removed, and many of the kings were frightened to touch the high places. Um, let's turn over to, yes, let's turn over to Amos, and explain something here, Amos. The high places, and 
there were uh, several godly kings and they were all scared to move the high places. How many remember what the equivalent is in the New Testament about high places? We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and wicked spirits in high places. High places, heavenly places, high places. Where's Amos? He was here this morning. Page 800. Yes. Uh, Amos chapter 5, and uh, let's read verse 4, or verse 5, first of all. The Lord says, But seek not Bethel, nor enter into Gilgal, and pass not to Beersheba, for Gilgal shall surely go into captivity, and Bethel shall come to naught. Now, what's, how many know what Bethel means? It means house of God. Now, why is the prophet saying, Don't seek the house of God? Is that a scripture for not going to church? No, okay, (laughs) no, see what had happened over the years now, here's the point, see Bethel was a high place where God had visited Jacob, Gilgal was a place where God had visited Joshua, Beersheba and many of these high places had been places of divine visitation but over the years places of visitation became places of idolatry. That's exactly what has happened through church history. Places of divine visitation become places of idolatry and people worship the place and miss the person. That's idolatry. So, you know, many of the kings would not touch the high place. Okay, we'll break down this, this and this, but not the high places. And the spiritual lesson is that we all have to watch that there's certain high places in our hearts that we sort of hang on to and hang on to and nobody's going to touch them. I'll let the Lord deal with this, this and this, but not some of the high places that we have. And uh, so most of the kings didn't know that. So it was on the negative side. All right, number five here uh, from verse 14. Nevertheless, so even though the high places were not removed and we got, you know, the vast land there at the time, Asa's heart was perfect with the Lord all his days. New King James translates the word perfect as loyal. And that's a good point. His heart was perfect or he was loyal to the Lord all the days of his life until we see something at the end. All right, what are you up to there? Six? Five. You should, have, you should have six, shouldn't you? How many got six? All right, number one, he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. Number two, he took the Sodomites out of the land. Number three, he removed the idols his father had made, broke down the altars of the strange gods. Number six, uh, the five, four. My number's out here. He removed his mother from being queen because she'd stuck an idol in the grove, an obscene image. And then number five, His heart was perfect with the Lord all his days. And then number seven, another good thing on his side was... Six. I have so many points on why I'm trying to, you know. Thank you. Help me. Help this feeble mind. Uh, All right. Verse uh, 18. Where do I want this? No, verse uh, verse 15, I'm sorry, of uh, 1 Kings 15. And he brought in the things which his father had dedicated... And the things which himself had dedicated into the house of the Lord, silver and gold and vessels. So the point is there that he brought dedicated things. And these dedicated things were spoils that were won from the battles. 
from the surrounding nations, so spoils that were dedicated to the Lord. So he dedicated silver and gold and vessels. He dedicated them to the Lord and brought them into the house of the Lord to be used for the, the ministry of the Lord. So that's a good point. So the dedicated things, I'll say that again, uh, things that were spoils from the battles, silver and golden vessels, he brought them into the house of the Lord. So dedicated things to the Lord, same as we dedicate ourselves to the Lord. All right, so, so on the good points there. Now, I want you to go over to Second Chronicles and uh, pick up some things here. Did, uh, I think Mark brought this out last week uh, about, the, about the throne of God and how all the kings were judged in relation to the prophet and the word. All right, I'm not sure if he mentioned this. Uh, he did this in the uh, Old Testament history in Portland. But the book of Kings is dealing with kings from the kingly point of view. The Chronicles is dealing with kings from the priestly point of view. One is from the throne and one is from the temple. So all kings were judged in relation to the throne and to the temple. So the book of Kings is written from a kingly point of view, but the book of Chronicles is written from the priestly point of view because priest has to do with the temple, king has to do with the throne. So that's why sometimes you get more details in one than the other. All right, now Second Chronicles uh, chapter 14. You'll notice the uh, result of all these good things that he did. Taking away the altars, strange gods to high places, raking down the images, cutting down the groves, and in verse 4 of Second Chronicles 14, he commanded Judah to seek the Lord God of their fathers and to do the law and the commandment. And he took away out of all the cities of Judah the high places and the images, and the kingdom was quiet before him. And he built fenced cities in Judah, for the land had rest, and he had no war in those years, because the Lord had given him rest. So in this period of time, all these wonderful things and the result of those good things is no war, the land is quiet, there's peace. And you know, those things in the land affect the land. But when those things are removed out the land, there's peace in the land. What's troubling the land of Australia? All these things. Idolatry, sodomy, abortion, planned euthanasia, all these things that are underneath. Breakdown of marriages and everything like that. There's no rest in the land. See, these things affect the land. We violate the laws of God. We violate the laws of the land. It messes up the land. See, but this man, godly king, does what's right and the Lord gives him rest. Now, go down from verse 7 and you can make this as a number 8, by the way, on the positive side. From verse uh, 7 through to the close of the chapter, the Lord gave him victory over the Ethiopians. So the Lord gave him victory in battle because he encouraged the people to seek the Lord. Let's just read a couple of those verses. So verse 7 through to uh, the rest of the, the end of that chapter, the Lord gave him victory over the Ethiopians. Now we'll see the significance of this in, in the moment here. So in verse 7, Therefore he said to Judah, let us build these cities and make about them walls and towers and gates and bars while the land is yet before us. Because we have sought the Lord our God, we have sought Him, and He has given us rest on every side. So they built and prospered. There's, you can only build and prosper if there's rest. 
Then in verse 8, we're told he had a mighty man of valor. This was like his standing army. And in verse 9, there came out against them Zira the Ethiopian with a host of a thousand thousand and three hundred chariots and came unto Marishtha. How many have seen, um, is it Ben-Hur and the chariots? And, I mean, they were pretty nasty chariots, weren't they? Uh, you know, the, the, the spokes that they had in the wheels, that, you know, as they tear and the brake, all, I mean, and cut your legs off. I mean, I wouldn't like to run into one of those. We just think our oh, little chariots with little baby wheels. But it's those nasty things they had that ripped all the spokes out of your wheels and cut the horse's legs and sent you flying with them. I mean, that's pretty gruesome war in those days. Ours is more sophisticated. All right, verse 11. And Asa cried to the Lord's God and said, Lord, it is nothing with thee to help, whether with many or with them that have no power. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rest in thee. And in your name we go out against this multitude. O Lord, you are our God. Let not man prevail against thee. And so the Lord smote the Ethiopians before Asa and before Judah, and the Ethiopians fled. And the result was, in verse 13, they were overthrown, they could not recover themselves, and they carried away much spoil. And in verse 14, the fear of the Lord came upon them. So just all those, you know, wonderful things in those uh, first number of years. Now I want you to go to verse 10, uh, uh, not so verse 10, chapter 15. And I think this is sort of the, the most, the, the central verse of all this. And uh, it's a whole message in itself. And the key word in this chapter here, now God raises up a prophetic ministry. Um, uh, to, to send to him. So in verse uh, 1 of chapter 15, And the Spirit of God came upon Azariah the son of Oded, and he went out to meet Asa and said unto him, Hear ye me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. And uh, I don't know how you mark your Bible, but the word seek is the key, key word here. The Lord is with you while you're with him. Now I think I may have said this before, somewhere probably in Bible college. There's a certain divine principle that is, God will be to us what we are to Him. How many have heard me say that? So, if we are not forgiving, God will not forgive us. If we confess Him, what? He will confess us. If we deny Him, He will deny us. With the, with the uh, merciful, He will show Himself merciful. With the forward, He will show Himself forward. God will be to us what we are with Him. If we seek Him, Yes, he will be found of us. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to us. It's a really important principle that God will be to us what, uh, what we are to him. So he says, okay, the Lord's with you while you're with him. And if you seek him, he will be found of you. But if you forsake him, what? He will forsake you. So God will be to us what we are to him. Now, verse 3 is sort of the heart of the whole thing here. And as I said, the whole message itself. Three things. Now for a long season Israel hath been, number one, without the true God. Now what happens to a nation when they are without the true God? Get into idolatry and strange gods and false gods without the true God. Number two, they were without a teaching priest. So when there's without a teaching priest, what have you got? Ignorance. Because the ministry of the priesthood was to teach the word of God. And number three, what's the next one? Without law. And when people are without law, what do you have? Lawlessness, anarchy. 
So for a long time Israel had been without these three things. Without the true God, and any nation without true God gets into idolatry, polygamy, uh, anything. Uh, pantheism, polytheism, worship of strange gods. Without a teaching priest, uh, they get in ignorance of the word because the ministry of the priest was to teach the word of God and without law, lawlessness. There was no king in Israel, and so that every man did that which was right in their own eyes. So when there's no king in Israel, there's no recognized authority, and when there's no recognized authority, people do what's right in their own eyes. In other words, if you're not under law, you set yourself up as law, or you become lawless, you become a law to yourself if you're not under law. So that's the whole philosophy of existentialism, which is simply do your own thing. Nobody's going to tell me what to do, I'll do my own thing. That's the heart of it. But when they in their trouble did turn unto the Lord God of Israel and sought him, he was found in them. And in those times there was no peace to him that went out and to him that came in. But great vexations were upon all the inhabitants of the countries. And boy, if this is not applicable today. Nation was destroyed of nation, the city of city, before God did vex, vex them with all advers, uh, adversity. Be ye strong, therefore, and let not your hands be weak, for your work shall be re rewarded. And when Asa heard these words and the prophecy of Oded the prophet, he took courage and put away the abominable idols out of all the land of Judah and Benjamin, out of the cities which he had taken from Mount Ephraim. And he renewed the altar of the Lord. All these are good points that was before the porch of the Lord. And he gathered all Judah and Benjamin and the strangers with him out of Ephraim and Manasseh and out of Simeon. And wow, listen to the rest of this verse. For they fell to him out of all Israel, out of Israel in abundance. When? when they saw the Lord God, his God, was with him. Now, remember, we've got two nations here, house of Israel, but here are people coming from not only Judah and Benjamin, but Ephraim and Nasser, Simeon, and out of the tribes. They say, hey, God's with this guy. God's in this church. They gathered him. And you'll notice in verse 10, what month did they gather in? The third month, which is the Feast of Pentecost. And they offered unto the Lord the same time of the spoil which they had brought, 700 oxen, 7,000 sheep, and entered into a covenant to seek the Lord their God of their fathers with all their heart, not half-heartedly, but with all their soul, and that whosoever would not seek the Lord God of Israel should be put to death. How many think you would get good results? Okay, everybody's going to seek the Lord. If not, there's only one alternative, death. Oh, yeah, oh, Father, I'll seek you with all my heart. Whether small, I mean, that's forced conversions, isn't it? Whether small or great, whether man or woman, and the whole rejoicing there. Now, here's the sad thing. We've had wonderful years through these years, 10 years, what he did in the beginning, great reformation, then these good years here. Now, in his 36th year, he makes two great tragedies. And uh, as I said, you know, as he on these couple of things. All right. Number one, in verse one, in the 36th year of the reign of Asa, 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 okay, so 36 years. So we're up to here now. He's had all these about 35 wonderful years of his life. Yeah, year 36 of his reign. What happens? Uh, Asa, uh, Basia, 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 king of Israel, came up against Judah and built Ramah to the intent that he might let none go out or come in to Asa, the king of Judah. So now, he is the house of Israel against the house of Judah. So what does he do now? Verse 2. He goes to the house of the Lord, 
and takes the treasures out of the house of God. And he sends them over, just because of time here, to the king of Israel, uh, the king of Syria. And he said, listen, I want you to break the league that you had with my father and so forth. And he gave him silver and gold out of the Lord's house to come and battle. So here he is in his 36th year. Uh, he sends over to the king of Syria and says, okay, I want you to break your league that you had with my father and also with the king of Israel. The king of Israel is against me. Uh, Bashir is. Let's join together and battle him. Now, what happens here? See, the Lord sends him a prophet and a prophetic word. And listen to verse 7, because this is the first major, major mistake at the end of his life. At that time, Hanani, 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 yeah, the seer came to Asa, king of Judah, and said to him, Because you have relied on the king of Syria and not relied on the Lord your God, Therefore is the host of the king of Syria escaped out of your hand. Then he reminds him, he says, listen here, way back here when the Ethiopians came against you, you were in good heart. You said, oh Lord, the Ethiopians are a great number, but our eyes upon you, we don't know what to do. But there's nothing for you to help. And I'm depending upon you. And what did the Lord do? Though they had 100,000 people there, the Lord smote the Ethiopians, gave you victory. Now, what's happened in your 36 years that you've got to go to king of Syria and instead of relying on me like you did when, you, when the Ethiopians came against you, you rely on the king of Syria. Now, now that, 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 that's a bad enough rebuke. But what's his response? Were not the Ethiopians, the Lubims, a huge host with very many chariots and horsemen? Yet because thou didst rely on the Lord, he delivered them into your hand. So the whole point is, who do we rely on? Not relying on the Lord. Here's the big mistake. Not relying on the Lord. Relying on the king of Assyria. Someone in the world. Someone outside the people of God. For the eyes of the Lord, and yet at the beginning he did that was right in the eyes of the Lord. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. And what a prophetic word. I wouldn't like a prophecy like this. Herein thou hast done foolishly from henceforth for these last few years, you're going to have wars. Nothing but trouble. And then what's his response? Instead of humbling himself and saying, look, I've sinned. I'm, I ask the Lord to forgive me. Asa was wroth, angry with the seer, and put him in a prison house. For he was in a rage with him because of this thing. I mean, what's happened to the man? Here's a prophet come. And instead of responding, say, look, I'm sorry. ask the Lord to forgive me. I'm trusting that I'll, I'll just cancel the whole thing. He gets mad with the prophet and sticks the prophet in prison and then gets mad with some other people. And Asa oppressed some of the people at the same time. And it's interesting as I've seen older ministries over my years that I could tell you about as they've got older, they take it out on the people, get mad with the people, get mad with God, get mad with the people, take it out and then wonder why people desert their church. And then some of them said, oh, these dumb, stupid sheep. I said, well, you can take wool off sheep, but you don't have to skin them alive. And they're not all dumb, stupid sheep. And I say, I don't sheep steal, I do grow grass. Amen? Last thing, and our time's up. Doesn't the time go on Wednesday night? I think the clock moves faster on a night like this and all my working day. <laughs> now, second thing, tragic. Behold the acts of Asa, first and last, though they are written in the book of the kings of Judah, and Asa in the 
39th year, oh, oh, so we go here, 36 year, gets mad with the prophet of God, I don't accept that prophecy, I'm going to stick you in prison, buster. And so, wars, 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 and now, in this year, what happens? What a tragic end. The 39th year of his reign, he was diseased in his feet until his disease was exceeding great, yet in his disease he sought not to the Lord, but to, what's the meaning of his name? <laughs> he sought to the physicians. No divine healing. He could have had divine healing. Now, this is not, I don't want to lay a guilt trip on this, this is not always true, so don't come under a guilt trip here, but often I've found in the Bible and studying these things, God often smote people with a sickness. Now, I know God heals. But God also, also allows sickness. God often smote people with a sickness. The physical was symbolic of the spiritual. And because his walk was out, he was not walking with God here, his feet were diseased. And uh, Eli, remember Eli? He was blind physically, he was blind spiritually. And not always, but you'll find often, I've gone through the Bible on this, and wow. So, until his disease was exceeding great, yet in his disease he sought not to the Lord, but to the physicians. And there on the verse 14, they buried him in his own sepulchres, which he had made for himself in the city of David, and laid him in the bed, which was filled with sweet odors and divers kinds of spices to counteract the smell prepared by the apothecary's art, and they made a very great burning for him. Disease in his feet, not relying on the Lord, not seeking the Lord. He could have been healed. What a tragic end to a great man of God. And how often that's happened in our day. How many of you got some good lessons for character study tonight? All right, our time's up. Let's bow in prayer. Father, we uh, just remind ourselves that Paul said all these things happened un unto them for examples and are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the age are come. Father, we just pray that uh, the things we have observed in Ace's life story tonight, his char this character study, that you'll help us to learn from others' mistakes, not by our own mistakes. Bless your word to our hearts, Father, and let your blessing be with us now as we separate until we gather again in your precious name, the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, Amen. For more in-depth teaching on Israel's kings, be sure to see Kevin Connor's book, Kings of the Kingdom, available from word.com.au, from amazon.com, and also in PDF format on Kevin's website, kevinconnor.org.